You know, I want to look at some things and share some stuff with you about how to be successful in life. You know, on Wednesday night, I like to talk to you. In fact, anytime I preach, I like to do with what I say can help you in the spiritual area, but it also help you in the natural area because God is concerned about us naturally. He wants us to be successful in the natural as well as spiritual. And first of all, I want to look at some into his, into Israel and uh, talk about them for a minute because that's the major text. Now, Paul said here in Romans 15, 4, Romans 15, 4, I'm going to read it in the New King James and in the NLT. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scripture, might have hope. Now the NLT says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scripture gives us hope and encourages us as well as we wait patiently for the promises to be fulfilled. Now we all know the history of, of Israel. Uh, there was uh, godly kings and ungodly kings. And as these kings led Israel... You know, if they were following God, then everything was fine. But the wicked kings would lead them into times of disobedience and falling away from God. And we know the story eventually, the times Israel was disobedient, rebellious as a nation grew longer and more frequently until they almost constantly and consistently rebelled against God. And we know that they went in to 70 years of captivity because of it. And in this setting, these Israelites, in this setting, Isaiah talks to them. In Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, Adam Clark in his, Adam Clark's commentary says, here God gives Israel a severe, severe rebuke against the corruption prevailing among the, the, the Jews at that time. And he gave them a powerful exhortation in the verse just above that in 18 to repent. And there was all kinds of things that would happen to them if they didn't. But if they did, then things would be different. And uh, once again, Israel didn't obey. They had, he had warned them here and even in this, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured. Now, I want us though then to look back up. That's talking about if you don't do what he said in verse 19, in verse 20 is what's going to happen. So let's look at that. 
if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now in this verse, there are two keys to eating the good of the land. Two keys. Now, there is, I think, 20 buildings on this campus. And a lot of people have a key. And then uh, security has a key that will fit all of them, every building. I have a key. But a lot of people, they've got keys, but they can only get in to the building that they're qualified to get into. That key right there, some of the people in the children's department years ago named it the Jesus key because it would unlock anything. (laughs) How many of you got keys? Okay. Keys to your house. How many of you have given somebody else, a family member or somebody, a key to your house? So they have access to your house. You see, that key will let me in my office where I want to be. But now, some other people around here, they have keys. Take, (laughs) well, I just went by (laughs) Tony there, Brother Tony there. He has the key that will let him in to certain buildings because he's a teacher here. But you know what? His key won't let him into my office. But it lets him into other places that he needs to be. When I was in the army, I had, I had a clearance and that clearance said that if I had a need to know, I could know it. These keys are important. There are two keys here. Now, it says here to walk in the, eat the good of the land. There's two keys. Now, I'm not talking about just having a moment. I'm talking about being continually living in the good. These verses, the keys are willingness and obedience, willingness and obedience. Now, some people have one of these keys, but you got to have both of them. There's a fellow that I'm named after, Kenneth E. Hagin. In his book on how God taught me about prosperity, he tells the story. Well, I'll tell it from my standpoint. Well, from him, you know, dad left that church and went to traveling ministry. And man, it was, it was bad. He go in the book, he says, my clothes were worn out. My car had ball tires. Finally, it wore out. I had to sell it for junk and ride the bus or hitchhike to get in meetings and the whole, we all, he says, goes on in the book says the whole family was living in a three room apartment. We were, I didn't even have a bedroom. I had a, I had a rollaway bed and I put it wherever I own a porch or in the kitchen. 
of that little three. It was just, it, it was, that was all it was. Choom, choom, choom. Kitchen was back here, and then the, up here was a, the living room with a couch with a, with not a hide bed, but one of them where you click it and then the back falls down. You know, some of the young people don't know about them. Some of you don't even know what a rollaway bed is. And mom was here in the middle was a bedroom and then the kitchen was back here and that's where I was. And you know, we, we, we were struggling big time. And dad, he, he, he came home and he told me, he said, I've been talking to God. And I told him this scripture and, and, and God said, I don't, we don't qualify. And he said, he, had to, he asked the Lord, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, you're obedient, but you're not willing. You're doing it because I asked, but not willingly. You don't qualify for the good of the land. Well, I could tell you the rest of the story, how dad got willing. And then, then he began, then he goes on to tell us about how that we have to begin to receive our finances the way he received healing and so forth. That's another sermon, so I don't have time to go there. But you know, sometimes we need to check up on ourselves and make sure, make some, we make sure that we're in line. We may, need to be, we may need to make some adjustments. We may have gotten off course a little bit. You know, we, I took, took my license to be a, a pilot and I was almost finished. I didn't like, but well, I had a cross country and a check ride. And I began to realize that I wasn't, and besides that, my wife didn't like it. And uh, <laughs> that I wasn't, I began to check up and see, and, and I wasn't going, I was too busy. That's what happens to a lot of these guys. They crash because they're too busy to actually put the time in that you need to put in if you're going to be a proficient pilot. It's like driving a car. How many of you have ever noticed if you haven't driven a car for six or eight months and you get back in the car and start to drive, you're not very proficient at all. Sometimes you have a wreck. Well, I know enough about it when we're flying in, in the plane to a meeting like we will be doing this Sunday after I preach. Uh, I go up there to the, in the, you know, and talk to Dave and Randy and up there, their pilots. And, and uh, you know, they'll have it on autopilot, but they'll, air traffic control will come on and they'll say, uh, they'll say, 91 Kilo Hotel, make a three degree change to the right. Well, all they gotta do is take that little button and turn it three degrees to the right and the plane will veer three degrees. So, or maybe they may tell you more than that. They may tell you to climb up a thousand foot, drop a thousand foot. They, you know, what people don't realize, there are highways in the sky, just like there are highways down here. And when you're flying, you're, you're in those. I mean, let's see, I forget which it is now. If you go in this direction, 
it's all it's it's uh, even or odd. I can't remember altitudes. And if you're if you're going that way, it's either even or odd altitudes. So, you know, but you see, you have to make adjustments in there all the time. You know, I learned this when I was on flying. If you take off in, in, in that small plane, if you take off in in New Orleans and you don't and you don't change your your altitude settings you'll fly it into the ground by the time you get up into Texas because everything changes you know we need to realize that we sometimes need to make adjustments see dad was saying I was willing he was saying I was willing but the Lord said you need to make an adjustment now here, if you are willing, willing, I like the new English translation. It said, if you have a willing attitude, being willing speaks of our attitude. We must have a willing attitude to do what God tells us to do. You know, in Second Corinthians 9, 7, Second Corinthians 9, 7 in the NLT. You must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. God wants you to give, but he wants you to be willing to give. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are giving, but they're not willing they grudgingly give. Well, I don't know why I got to give money to the church. Blah, 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 blah. And they're being obedient, but they're not willing. You know, so it takes both willing and giving or being obedient to what the word says. You know, sometimes people obey the word, but they're not willing. Like I said a while ago, willingness is our attitude. Obedience is our action. Willingness is our attitude. Obedience is our action. And so we need both of those keys if we're going to eat the good of the land. Hello? Did you know unwillingness limits what God can do for you? Even though you're studying the word, you're praying, you're reading the word and so forth. But even if you're obeying the word, obeying his directions, but you're not willing. Then you don't qualify. Hello? Any of you ever went and applied for something and they said you don't qualify that's because one or more of the th- questions that you had to answer you didn't it wasn't it, it it didn't put you in line to be qualified hello you know how many of you have a driver's license you know what that driver's license says it says you are qualified to drive a car. Whether you ever drive one or not, if you get the license, you're qualified to drive. As long as they're current. 
You know, one reason that sometimes people, even Christians, well, I guess it would be Christians. I should, yeah, maybe I should say one reason so many Christians are unproductive is that they're unwilling to do what the word of God tells them to do. Boy, it's quiet in here tonight because I'm meddling. <laughs> you know, it's always great whenever you're talking about something else, but when you talk, start talking about something that people have to do, it gets quiet in a hurry. <laughs> you see, let, let's look at Jesus. He was standing on the hill or the mountain top, maybe it was, looking over the city of Jerusalem. Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your, your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. What is he talking about? He is talking about that they were unwilling to recognize the opportunity that they had to recognize the Messiah. They were unwilling to receive him as the Messiah. Now they had studied about that because every Jewish boy went through the study of the scripture. They read especially they read a lot from Isaiah in the synagogue and that's one of the major prophets that tells about the prophecy of the coming Messiah. Yet when he came even though they knew about it they were unwilling to receive him. Actually, as we live our life, <clears throat> do you realize it's a series of choices? The choices you make will either take you forward with God or take you backwards. Our attitude is not determined by our circumstances. Now, many people, their circumstances determine their attitude. Well, I can't wonder why this is happening to me. Blah, blah, blah. They go on and on. Did you know your attitude is a determined by a choice? You can either choose to have a bad attitude or a good attitude. It's up to you. It's not up to anybody around you, anybody else. It's not up to all the circumstances or what's happening to you. It's up, it's up to you to choose that I am going to rejoice and be glad in the Lord no matter what's happening. That's an attitude you choose. You know, everybody has an added, has a chance every day to have a willing attitude or an unwilling attitude. It's your choice. 
Hello? Y'all there, are you, are you going home already? Or are you just thinking about what I'm saying? <laughs> the attitude of willingness is necessary. The attitude of willingness is necessary to eat the good of the land. Some people make the mistake of thinking that their circumstance, if their circumstances would be different, they would be willing. Well, I don't know whether any of y'all have ever heard or read anything of Chuck Swindoll. He was a prolific men preacher, person. And he says this. Of course, you can have a good attitude. If I had your circumstances, I'd have a good attitude. He goes on to say, the most, sing- the most significant decision I make on a day-to-day basis is my choice of attitude. It's more important than my past, my education, my bank account, my successes or failures, fame or pain, what other people think or say, my position. Attitude is the single thing that keeps me going or cripples my progress. It alone fuels my fire or assaults my hopes. When my attitudes are right, there are no barriers too high, no valley too deep, no dream too extreme, no challenge too great for me. That's a good statement right there. It is all based on your attitude. You know, it's possible to cultivate a willing attitude to do whatever God tells you to do. If you do that, it will lead you to eating the good of the land. I've been there as, as, a, as a kid growing up from about nine till the time I was about 13 or 14. I've been there when we wasn't eating the good of the land, but I've been there when dad got willing and told us how to believe God with him, we came out and we started eating the good of the land. And let me tell you what, that's a whole, whole lot better. (laughs) I've been there, done that, got the hat, the t-shirt and burned them. That wasn't no keepsake. (laughs) Now let's get to the other part, the obedient part. The obedient part. It makes it really clear here to receive his blessings, we have to obey. Let's look at Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. 28, 1 and 2. I'm going to read from the New King James and then the New Living. Now it came to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I commanded you today, that the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth and establish these blessings. And these blessings shall come 
upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is, this is God talking to Israel. Let's read this in the New Living. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all the blessings if you obey the Lord God. Now these, these verses are showing us that when we obey what God says, it improves our life. Now, it says here, experience all the blessings, not spiritual blessings, which are included, but all blessings in the natural. Hello. You know, I think sometimes our, our problem is that we have, we know what God says, but then there's all kinds of other options. You have to be careful about options that are come along. Sometimes options will come along that want to get you off of your course. You know, there are many things through the years that have been presented to me. And even some people told me this is what I should do. And I didn't do any of them because that's not what God told us to do. I can go all the way back. The Lord had told dad to have the printed page. Then he got the, then radio and his meetings that he were having. I, Tried to get him to do television. He didn't like it. So he said, I'll, I'll, I, just, just, I, can't, I can't minister to just that camera. He had, in fact, we tried doing it. We got a little audience for him, but he still didn't like it. You know, see, I, when I see that camera, I said, Dad, you got to, when you see that camera, there are hundreds of people. And he said, I can't do that. Many people have tried to get us to do this and that, start this and start that. No, he told us then, you know, the school, and we, we do exactly what he has told us to do. You, even though it's good, God dealt with me one time. He said, even though it's good, and even though it's a plan that I've got somebody else doing, and they're trying to get you to help them, but if you take your time and your money from what I told you to do, then you're in disobedience. And I sure didn't want to get into disobedience because I've been there before as a kid and it ain't no fun living there with my dad when he was, he was willing, but he wasn't obedient. I even got some people mad at me because I wouldn't get involved with their feed the hungry program. They even got upset with me. And I told him, I said, but that's not what God told us to do. That's your program. That's what God told you to do. And they got upset with me. Well, that's fine. If, I, I, if, if God had told me to get involved, I would have. You know, too many things distract us sometimes. 
And then another thing that we come up with, we begin to compare ourselves to others and they become the standard instead of what God said. Hello. In fact, I got a message that I used to, I I preach it sometimes when I'm doing a, a minister's conference, the disease of comparisonitis. The disease of comparisonitis has killed more churches and more ministries than anything else. Because they, they're doing what they're supposed to do, but it, they don't think they're growing fast enough. They don't think they're accomplishing fast enough. So they start trying to do what this one's doing over here and this one's doing over there because they're comparing themselves to what they're doing, their friends are doing, their peers even are doing. And then they get off of what God told them to do. Hello? See, you got to be, be obedient to what God told you to do. You got to be obedient to what God told you in this word to do. Okay? Now, some people, if they hit difficulties, well, I thought God was in this, but I was just trying to do what I felt He wanted me to do, and it ain't even working. Well, now, wait a minute. That's. That's not keeping a guard on your mouth. What you say is vitally important about what you're involved in and what you're doing. You can be doing what God told you to do and griping about it. That's, that shows your unwillingness. Come on now. I've seen people do it, doing that. I've seen people that are doing what God told them to do. And they say, I don't know why God's got me doing this. I just, it's just so hard. I just don't understand anything that's going on. But he said do it, so I'm doing it. <laughs> well, they might as well just quit. Because they, 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 they done open the door and give the, de- the devil a blank check to come right in and just destroy them. Hello. Whoa, now you're really quiet, but that's the truth. You see, obedience requires doing, action. You know, and I've told you this before, but I use it again. You don't want me to talk about you, so I'll talk about me. When God laid it on my heart that I was to come and go to, to Tulsa and go to work for dad, actually, it, I, I had no, I've been, I preached every Sunday night at the church. I was a social pastor in. And I had no preaching responsibilities. All I was doing was traveling all over the country, setting up crusades and then being the platform man, making the announcements and taking the offering, catching in the healing line. (laughs) And that was it. And you know, it looked like a demotion. In fact, some of my friends said, you know, some of the guys that were associate pastors and youth pastors at the churches. They said, well, you're taking, you're taking a back seat. You're going backwards. Well, you know what? That started trying to deter me with some things people were saying. And immediately I said, nope. 
God said, do it. I'm willing to go do whatever it is. If I never preach again, that's all right too. But I was determined to obey God and be willing to do whatever he, I had to do. I knew that you got to be willing and obedient because I learned it living in the house with my dad from the time I was about nine or time I was about nine till the time I was about 14. I, I, I know, I know the, the consequences of not using both of them. Obedience and willingness. Now I realize that the word obedience is not a refrigerator word. Now, some people may wonder what I'm talking about. Well, I don't know. We used to, we, if the kid, when the kids were older and then they'd get home from school and we, we, cause we knew the first place that Craig was going to go to the refrigerator. And so we had put a note on the refrigerator door. Any of y'all ever done that for your kids? <laughs> yeah, I got some, I got some friends in here. But obedience is not a, a refrigerator door word. And it's not a word that we put up on our mirror in our bathroom where we shave and comb our hair every morning uh, so we can read it. Maybe we should. To remind us that if we want to eat the good of the land, we got to be willing and obedient. You know? We want to be successful in our lives. Now, James said this, and it's getting close to quitting time. And James, I mean, Joshua said this in Joshua 1.8, sorry. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I like the new living Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that's written it in. Only then will you succeed. It's talking about obedience here. Your success is your obedience. It's, this verse is telling us, meditate on the word. See, the problem is that some people are obeying the word, but they're not willing. Then there's other people that are, that are just willing to be doers of the word, but they're not action, doing the action of the word. They're not, they're not, they, they, they hear the word, but then they don't do the word. You see, willing and obedient. And I'm skipping some pages here because it's time to, and I'm trying to pick up a, a thought here and there. Say it with me. Willing, obedient. obedient. Then I'll eat the good of the land. What do you got to be willing to do? What God tells you to do. Be obedient to what God tells you to do in the word. I'm not talking about get, being in ministry or anything. I'm talking about being obedient to what here. Being obedient if God tells you to give an offering. And willing. I know some people that I've heard them. I've talked to, I've heard them talking. So, well, God told me I should give this in the offering. And I did, but I tell you what, I just don't understand why. And I, I really, I, I, I just didn't want to do it. 
What'd you do it for? Because just doing it without being willing, you're not going to get anything. Hello. Everybody stand. Did anybody get anything at all out of this tonight? I tried to remind you about being willing and obedient. Both keys. Put them on your key ring and, and keep them there, okay? Heavenly Father, I pray that what we've said tonight is ministered to some people. I pray that it would help them to understand more about how to live the good life. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you happen to be in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, or you know what it is to serve him, but you have just walked away and you're not where you need to be and you need to rededicate your life, or you're here tonight and you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about church, creed, or doctrine. I'm talking about what the Bible says. In Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. Or if you need prayer for anything, the ladies are here, the men are over here. If you'll come down here, they'll pray with you, and you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember all the announcements? All the answers to all your questions, or most of your questions about what's going on here at the church, found in that bulletin. Connection team, go find our first-time guests and take them out to the lobby so we can, they can get that special gift we got for them. If you're looking for a church home, why don't we say church? Welcome home. Come on and join the Rama family. We're having a great time serving God. If you need prayer for salvation, rededication, the Holy Spirit, or you need prayer for anything, come to the front right now and they will pray with you. We'll see y'all Sunday morning. Hey, if you forget to set your clock and you get here and there's nobody else here, well, just, just, just pray and wait for the rest of us to get here. Okay? Don't turn around and go home. All right. God bless. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and say, willing and obedient, how about you?